just were talking about it. Like adolescent recklessness? Well, definitely a sense of taking a risk. Yeah. And because, again, same trip back, I'm talking to my oldest brother, who was a rabble rouser in his day. And same thing, you know, didn't have a, a license, but he and his friends would agree to meet somewhere so they'd they would, uh, and we're a couple miles from town. They'd, he'd sneak out of the house that night and get on his bike, and they'd meet, and they'd go over to a school and climb up on the roof and look around on the roof and right. yeah, just do weird things, you know. Not really destructive or anything. Right, no trouble, but they snuck out. They snuck out. Mm-hmm. And they were doing their own thing, you know, kind of <laughs> Huck Finn. Right. Yeah, it kind of is like a little bit of a Huck Finn, Tom Sawyer. Yeah. Taking a little freedom and risk on your own. Yeah. Remember some of the other stuff, he would ride his bike to school, which was six miles away. And uh, along the way, some sometimes they'd see a dead cat or a possum or something, and they'd take it to school with him and climb up on the roof and drop it down in front of a window on a string or something. So when the teacher opened the blind, there would be a dead cat or something. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. <laughs> but it's that kind of thing that's, yeah. that's missing. Do kids and, do that anymore? Pranks, risk-taking... You'd probably get in serious trouble about bringing a dead animal yeah. into school. I, I remember growing up and taking some of my dad's old lumber and sheets of plywood and building bike ramps. And we'd get the neighborhood kids. I still have scars in my knees and elbows from this. And we would see how many kids we could jump. You know, like seven, eight neighborhood kids all laid down <laughs> in a row. And you'd just pedal like heck. That's the right word. Mm-hmm. And you see how many kids you can jump. You're like, I cleared seven. Someone else lay down. <laughs> and, like, my mom would just watch. <laughs> you know? And, like, today, if I were to see my son, 10-year-old son, out there on his BMX bike doing that, I'd be like, hey, now, I'm going to get sued by someone's parent. You know, like. Who's but, number eight? <laughs> yeah. And we were jumping garbage cans. Just everything. Yeah. And there was just that ele- element of risk. No helmets, by the way. Yes. And I wonder if that's that because you're you're going against the authority over you. You know, that's the risk involved. Hmm. And if there's no authority in the home, then it moves out into the civil sphere. And I wonder if that's a lot of the delinquency hmm. is you know, there's no risk at home anymore. Right. There's no sense of authority at home. Now well, we I'm gonna push, push the envelope. Now we're gonna go out in the culture and punch old people in the back of the head and watch them fall on the sidewalk. Or, yeah. Which yeah. It's like pretty thing. terrible. Yeah. Know. That's a lot different than sneaking out at night and climbing mm-hmm. the school building yeah. to sit yeah. on the roof. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to think the, the shift you see them not even really in a generation. I mean, I guess you're a little bit older than Jonah and I, but mm-hmm. well, I'm the youngest one here and yeah, I mean, I did similar things yep. like that. I mean, rather innocuous, with a, but there was a level of disobedience. Mm-hmm. Like, like I mentioned, when we snuck out, we didn't do anything destructive, but we still snuck out. Mm-hmm. Right? There's that level of disobedience. But yeah, that's for my for my oldest brother. It, it escalated into other things. Oh. And I asked him, um, so what? You know, different personalities in our family. It's like I would have never dared do something like that. Just that it was. That's not because I. Oh, before the Lord, I want to be righteous. It's just 
scared. I wouldn't have. Oh, I wouldn't have dared. Right. He said he was. He was more of the mindset growing up. Is you have to convince me, you know, like with church or it, it doesn't. It needs to make sense to me hmm. to order to not do something or. Mm-hmm. So just different mindsets of. Right. What motivates you to do that? Yeah, I never really wanted to do anything destructive. My brother, on the other hand, did. But even when, I remember we snuck out once, my friend and I, with a bunch of toilet paper to TP a house, and we decided to TP our best friend's house. <laughs> like, of all the people, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't just do it indiscriminately. And then the next day we helped him clean it up because his mom made him do it, made him clean it up. And it's like, well, yeah. you know, it's not like we were throwing snowballs with rocks in the met- passing cars in the middle mm-hmm. of the night. We, we just didn't do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But other people we know certainly did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a difference in temperament and personality with that too we never wanted to hurt anybody or destroy something yeah <clears throat> yeah I don't, I don't know why that difference is there but. yeah right. you're not the youngest though right no yeah I was the youngest so I was going to say maybe that has something to do with it but maybe not yeah and birth order doesn't I've tried figuring it out with birth order too and that's not necessarily the case either we don't want to talk too much about Caleb's past because he still lives in the same town as his dad. So. <laughs> both both oh, our dads are dead, Greg. We can get we can talk about it now. Oh, I remember. <laughs> was it? I think it was. <clears throat> oh, and now he's got to do it. I challenged him. Um, Happy Gilmore. Yeah. When they would put burning bags, dog poop on people's doorsteps. Was, <laughs> don't step on was, the bag. That was about the most. It's poop again. Crazy that we. Other stuff that's not appropriate for the podcast, but I can share that one. You would go around there would doing that. You'd like paper funny. bags of poop on fire? With dog poop in it, yeah. And then ding, ding, the, <laughs> ding the doorbell and run away? We did that. We, we ding-donged the doorbell and ran away, but yeah. never with poopy bags. Yeah. We just ran away. I think one time we no one answered the door. Oh, no. <laughs> nice pun. And you, right, oh. Literally, oh, crap. <laughs> You're living in, you know, Ponderosa Pine Country. Dry, dry dead grass. <laughs> <laughs> All those brown pine stomp it out. <laughs> Jokes on you. Jokes on you. Just flip the doormat over on it. Yeah. No. So we're talking about adolescent humor and hijinks and pranks, which leads us to our next film. Yeah. What a great segue. Right. Well, it kind of yeah. is, I suppose. I didn't pick this one either. I didn't. I don't think I did either. Well, who did? I think I just because it's a popular Christmas movie. Right. Actually, when I said what we're going to do for Advent and Christmas, one of our longtime listeners said, oh, you should do National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It's one of our favorites. Oh, so okay. Oh. We'll just say it was them. Oh, huh, okay. All right. I had never watched this movie all the way through. <clears throat> oh, really? Or when it wasn't on television. Do you get a lot more cultural references now? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting that all three of our movies so far have been comedies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is, it, is there something about our, our leading up to the most inspirational movie? Well, our next one yeah. is... Yeah, I think so. Isn't our next one a white white Christmas? Yeah. That sounds racist. That's, that's, <laughs> it's in that's reference to a, snow. A mix of comedy, drama... Yeah, my kids will be excited for that one because it's in black and white. No, there's a colorized one. No, it's in black and white. Oh. Greg, is there a colorized It's a Wonderful Life? There is, but that's like, yeah, no. 
We have them both. We have the card. That's like them. having <laughs> grape juice at communion. You don't yeah. care. <laughs> I mean, you could, but you shouldn't. Right. Yeah. I think yeah, there is a colorized version of it's uh, White Christmas. I think we have it. Yeah, oh. that's the one I watch. Because what? At the end, when they all come out, they're Santa Claus. They're hey, but we're not, no. Red one. We're on this movie. Oh, uh, Nin- 1989 National Lampoon, written by John Hughes, who also did Breakfast another, Club. Another last National Lampoon? Oh. 16 Candles? Uh, no. Nope. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? No. Nope. Oh, I saw that one. Yeah, with John Candy yeah. and Steve Martin. Those so aren't pillows. <laughs> yeah. Ferris Bueller's Daff. Oh, yeah, I've seen that, that one. Yeah, John Hughes is all over in the 80s. He did. He probably did other ones. I, I think know. I've seen Breakfast Club. Yeah. That's the one where they're all in suspension. They're yeah. on the library. Yeah. And they have okay. a dancing montage. Man, my high school sucked. <laughs> I needed a dancing montage in the library. Yeah. I was. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, who's going to tell the story then? You seem to know a lot about it. Oh, I just like John Hughes. Oh. Not necessarily this movie, though. But he did Uncle Buck. Do you remember that one with John Candy? Yeah, he did all of those. Home Alone and Home Alone 2. Oh, wow. Huh. Man. Like I said, John Hughes, he's he's like the Harrison Ford of the 80s, if Harrison Ford in the 80s didn't exist. (laughs) And he directed movies. (laughs) And he directed movies. So this is a a movie about, well, National Lampoon's is kind of like a series of movies of of this family, right? Because there's National Lampoon's Vacation, this one's Christmas Vacation, there's European Vacation. Yeah, there's other ones. Is it all the same, the Griswolds? I think so. Yeah. Same this kid, is like the, Chevy Chase? Right. Chevy Griswold? Chase. I think the kids vary. But I think this is this is the only one I've seen, though. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the other I ones. saw uh, the original what, National Lampoon's Vacation, where they go to Wally World. Mm-mm, it's like a it. summer vacation. I don't remember much about that one. Like Walmart? No, I've seen, it's like Disney World. I've seen so. National Lampoon's Animal House. Does that count? No. No. <laughs> that was a National Lampoon? Yeah. Oh. No, I didn't see that. But I did a little look in and National Lampoon was, well, was a magazine in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Where they, and that's where I looked up, what does Lampoon even mean? To make fun of, right? Yeah. Make fun of sacred things, in the culture, sacred things. Right. Uh, so so it's, a sat- it's meant to be a satire. Yeah. And this is a satire then on the perfect family Christmas. Yeah. And how everything goes wrong. <laughs> and so the the movie begins with the Griswold family in their station wagon with the wood sidewalls. Miss those things. Mm-hmm. They go out to get the Chris, perfect Christmas tree and he forgets his axe. So the first is that the first thing that goes wrong? Mm-hmm. Or is there something with the semi truck? Semi truck he gets Yeah, he goes underneath the, it, right. Yeah. Yeah, and they go off the highway on the snow berm. But anyway, everything just keeps going wrong. And Clark keeps an... The father keeps an optimistic attitude. All the way up to the end when it's a family Christmas reunion. And again, everything goes wrong. The Griswold perfect family Christmas tree goes up in flames. (laughs) The the thing that started the movie ends the movie. uh, And everything just falls apart. Yeah. He finally snaps. He snaps. And yeah. we, see, we see all the hijinks in between, um, which we laugh about, right? We mm-hmm. want to talk about that. Yeah. But uh, they go to get a Christmas tree. He's driving like a dad. They sing really bad, poorly. And the wife, this is like the American 
family. The wife, mm-hmm. the dad is a bumbling idiot. The wife is pretty much omniscient. <laughs> you know, and she makes up for everything the husband does wrong. But the, the incompetent, imbecile dad is on full display mm-hmm. through Chevy Chase. But even, I mean, there's even things like <clears throat> not getting along with your neighbors. Yes. Uh, the the quirky, weird in-laws, the weird sibling relationships. There's just all sorts of stuff that somebody can relate to in the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So what were they lampooning? Idealizing Christmas or... And and from what I understand, the series of movies kind of borrowed the name from the original magazine. that They weren't necessarily related. Mm. They just borrowed the, the name to make the movies. But, again, it was kind of like our last episode of Christmas Story. They're mocking, except this was more of a modern family. Yeah, not a 40s family. Yeah, they're mocking and having fun laughing at the hijinks and difficulties yeah. of this family. If it's a satire, because there's one line by, I think it's Clark, the dad, he says, it's Christmas, and we're all in misery. <laughs> and I think if they're, perhaps, if they're lampooning, if they're making a satire, you think that like that's true. We're all in misery, but no one's acting like it. And this movie kind of draws that out, perhaps. Hmm. But through the means of comedy. Yes. Yeah. Because, you, you know, you, you host your family Christmas, and you hold it together. Or all your differences... Political, religious, whatever, mm-hmm. all your grievances—you just set them up, set them down, hold it together. Just wait three more hours, and everyone will be gone. Or it's Christmas, but we're all in misery, and but nobody's talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was kind of the—that's this movie. They're all <laughs> right. Unlike the Christmas Story and other most Christmas movies, not there's not really peace on earth on Christmas Day. Like, Christmas Day is as much a debacle. Oh, right. It ended it, in dysfunction. Ends in dis... Yeah. It actually ends on Christmas Eve, doesn't it? So we don't even get to see Christmas oh, Day. I guess that's true. It's not a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas Eve movie. Yeah, it's an Advent movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're doing it right now. It's an ad- They're waiting for Christmas. <laughs> right. Oh. I guess... Yeah, I guess I, that's true. That it was, a, it was at the Christmas Eve party. Yeah, the family party, Christmas Eve. Where everything just goes completely south. Yeah, where he finally loses it. Hmm. But yeah, it has Chevy Chase in it. And I always, I always liked him. I didn't watch a lot of movies. I guess I, I liked this movie, his character. You know, the... He was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Just portraying the the idealist father husband. This is going to be the greatest. You know, everything was going to be the greatest. His lights on his house, and mm-hmm. the Christmas yes. tree. And his wife even says, "You're the last true family man." Yeah, right? isn't that what she says to him when he's trying to set up all the twenty five thousand lights and he doesn't get it? <laughs> Does he have? He has a coworker that says the same thing with what he's going to oh, do with his bonus. Was it the coworker who says that to him? Yeah. Well, anyway, somebody says it to him. You're the last true family man. Yeah. Because he's going to get a pool for the family. 
Right. Is is his character commendable in that regards? His his suppression, his hypocrisy of we're all in misery, but you wouldn't be able to tell it. You know, you couldn't tell. I mean, everything's just falling apart around him, and he's just like he just needs to learn to tell people no. Yeah, like cousin Eddie or or his in laws or yeah. or his grandparents or whoever yeah. or his neighbor. Well, it kind of does with the neighbor. Remember when he's out yeah. with a chainsaw. And the neighbor's like, what are you going to do with that chainsaw? And he's like, bend over and I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, man. There's so much dysfunction in this one as well. Yeah, there really is. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a theme there. Why do uh, dysfunctional Christmas movies seem to have such a cult following in American culture? Because yeah. Elf was moderately dysfunctional. We at least yeah. saw a dysfunctional family. Yeah. Christmas Story is dysfunctional. Dysfunctional family. Home Alone. Yeah. Dysfunctional family. National Lampoons. Dysfunctional Christmas family. And, yeah. I think it ties in with uh, everyone wanting peace on earth. Mm. And look what we're stuck with. What we want. But it is interesting. Why make this movie? And why do people like it when it is just tells a dysfunctional story. It kind of reminds me of when, uh, what was it, the early 90s, late 80s, probably late 80s, when Married with Children came out, oh, the TV uh-huh. show. We watched that a lot growing up. Yeah, I did too. And it was, oh, it was so funny, but it was so it's awful. Really, actually really sad, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. just a totally dysfunctional family. And I wonder what drives that in a culture that... Maybe it's the pain of the culture. It's like, we don't know how to deal with it, so we'll just laugh at it. Right. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the office has always been extra funny when you work in a corporate environment Mm. and you see the dysfunction in a corporate environment, like it's relatable. Mm -hmm. Like you can, oh, I know. I know what Dwight, right? Yeah. Yeah, Like, maybe maybe there's something there with the humor and dysfunction of. Do you know Creed though? Because that's, Creed's kind of weird. You should, oh, probably call, I, you should probably call the cops. I can't say it on the podcast because I think I have some coworkers. Because he might come after you. <laughs> yeah, it could also be. Well, should we talk more about the dysfunction? I mean, some some of our listeners might not know this movie, but. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, we should probably explain some of the. The only thing I was thinking with your comment, Greg, is. Do we like to watch other people suffer more than us? Hmm. Like. What's that fancy psychological word? Is it cathartic? Oh. I mean, you know, as Christians, there's lots of things going wrong in our lives. And you just open up to Job and you're like, I'm okay. <clears throat> you know, like, <laughs> there's there's a level of, it starts to set things in proportions. So if, you're, if your family is not as bad as the Griswold family, you're doing okay. If you're, oh. what's, what's Ralphie's family? I don't remember their last name. We might not be yeah. told, but yeah. if your family is not as bad as Ralphie's family, you're you're doing okay, right. and you get to laugh at these folks. Yeah. Instead, right? It could be. I don't. I don't want to be blind to it. I don't remember that. Maybe, for myself, it was probably more of, of identifying with some of that. It's like I remember trying to put up Christmas lights. Right. Or, and that's not dysfunctional. That's just, that type of that's thing. well. That's what we're laughing at. That's the funny stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the. the you, you get twenty five thousand lights up, 
And and because one light bulb's dead, yeah, they don't want to light bulb. <laughs> and it's great when he hands the kid the 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 big old ball of lights. <laughs> he's like, here, untangle this. And he's, I I did that to Miles and or my two sons last year because uh, they helped me put them up the year before, and they literally just threw them all like, and I was like, don't do that. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> It took him like four hours to get all the strands away. So. They'll never do that again. They'll never do it again. <laughs> They'll never put them away like that. But there, it, it did have crude humor in it, which seemed to be an 80s theme. Yeah. The oh, 80s yeah. was obsessed with, with junior sex. high mm. sex. Potty yeah. humor and things like that. I mean, yeah. one of uh, the brother's funniest lines is about emptying out the camper. Oh. He's, he's standing out there in the just in the street with the sewer yeah and he's pumping out the feces and the and the pee and he's out there with his flapper hat on and he's in his pajamas oh you're talking about cousin eddie cousin eddie sorry oh yeah not the younger son but cousin eddie (laughs) and the way he responds to the neighbor about what he's doing i just laughed (laughs) but yeah you're gonna say something about uh the crude humor yeah because i'd like to discuss that Why do we laugh about it? Yeah. I mean, it is lampooning. But it, so the obvious, there were two obvious ones with some others sprinkled in there. But uh, the one. The crapper's full. (laughs) That wasn't, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I just thought the delivery of that line was perfect. (laughs) (laughs) But what were your two, Greg? Because they weren't my two. No, the one in the department store where he's supposedly shopping for something for his wife and he's talking to the lady at the lingerie counter and and she shows him a little bit yeah of what it could look like yeah and she has a plunging neckline and etc etc and he's clearly being led away to the slaughter you know he's making a fool of himself but at the same time I'm laughing at it him making a fool of himself and not I don't know. It's it's hard to describe why it's funny. And you guys said before we started, maybe it was you know my lack of sanctification. Or, that's not know. what we said. <laughs> yeah. But but at great. the same time in this movie, didn't we say it was the opposite? Because God laughs like you're such an idiot. Don't well, you see that what's happening to you right now? You're last, really going to the slaughter. During last episode, we talked that way. Yeah. But. Uh, but at the same time, they could have, you know, uh, made those scenes more modest. They could have fixed that. But the, he's not. It's not portrayed in a glorified way. You know, he's no, made. He's yeah. made to look like a fool. He really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even his son sees it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that was one like oh brother crude humor part, and the other other was when he's envisioning the pool in the backyard. And the girl in the bikini dives off the diving board. Was it the same girl from the mall? No. I don't think so. I don't think I don't, so. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> I block you don't see color, I don't see flesh. Greg. But even um, that's what I was talking that's the part I was talking about that I laughed at and you guys said, Well, probably you're not sanctified. But Well, I just said I didn't think it was that funny. Sorry, that's all I said. Because <laughs> no. we're not as sanctified as you. Right. When I suggested that perhaps we're laughing at it because we can relate to it. 
Yeah. I mean, what man can say that their eyes have not wandered? Right. Sure. And then, and and the funny part of the scene is him being caught by his son. In the at the at the department store. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and isn't it his daughter at the next one? That's his niece. His niece. Yeah. <laughs> He's like drooling on the window. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and I don't. I can't put a finger. I haven't thought this through well enough to know why. You know, why am I laughing at that? Where what he's doing is a sin, but he's. I guess it's the whole theme of the movie. It's lampooning. What a dork! You know. Yeah. Like, what a fool. But anyhow, there are a couple crude spots and other spots sprinkled in there. But. Well, when you watch it, you don't you don't want to be any of them. Yeah. You know, so if we watch, you know, we like I like 1917, right? And I, I we talked about this when we watched the movie. When my son grows up a little bit older, I want him to watch it with me, and so I can say things like, "Be like him." Mm-hmm. Run hard, work hard, love your friends, be loyal, sacrifice. You know, you watch a movie like that, and you say, "Son, you, I want you to be more like that guy." But you watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and you don't want to be any of them. Mm-hmm. And that—that's probably part of the comedy of it. Mm-hmm. It's purposeful in that way. I mean, that you—you you don't want to be Clark Griswold, the head of the home. In that movie, mm-hmm. is not the man you want to be, right? And this is just another scene. Showing why you don't want to be Clark in those in those instances where he falls into sin. Yeah, you know. The, well, he does do some good things. Yes, yeah, his yeah. desire to right. the rest. His desire to make this an ideal Christmas. Yeah, is admirable. Yeah, his willingness to put up with a lot of stuff too is admirable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from what we can tell, it was like a traditional home. Like, yeah, wife stayed home. Husband worked. Husband yeah. worked. Yeah, but and and she was she seemed to be. Almost an ideal yeah, I guess wife. She yeah, she was a very good character, right? Yeah. I was thinking of the the men the men yeah. in the movie and the roles that they played. We don't want to be them. Yeah. But the wife is a very good wife. Very patient and understanding well, and, and submissive. <laughs> yeah. And helpful. Yeah. yeah. Right. <clears throat> Which is interesting. Are they lampooning her? Or are they yeah. prom- are they promoting? That's interesting. Her obedience and submission to her husband. That like they're nailing it with the wife. It's like yeah, oh that's great. And why? That's interesting. Yeah, I wonder if they were, if if women, if they were figuring women watching this movie would go, oh she's such a she's such a dork. For oh right. Why would she put up with that? Well, she contrasted pretty well with the the neighbor's wife or the neighbor's girlfriend, whatever they were. Oh. Margot and Todd. Margot and Todd. Oh, yeah, whatever they were. Yeah, I don't know if they were married or... Yeah, partners or yeah. something. It's a pretty stark contrast there. Well, they, they do, uh, I mean, more of the lampooning, like at the dinner table for their Christmas Eve dinner with that giant turkey. <laughs> and they say grace, and they start with the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag. And it's like, yes, the American church has been good about making Americans not Christians. It's like, uh, I don't know if they intentionally lampooned that, but... I I think it was just the the old, you know, demented aunt. But it's really funny. And she's like, what? Grace died years ago. (laughs) I pledge allegiance to the flag. 
Yeah. And then the dry wow. turkey, he pokes it with a knife and it just deflates. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all chewing, they're, chewing yeah. really hard at you. And they're all trying to enjoy it. It's Christmas and we're all in misery. <laughs> Cousin Eddie's <laughs> asking for seconds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cousin Eddie was my favorite. Oh, he's great. The whole movie. And then, was it Clark asks Eddie, or the other way around, or somebody? They say, "How do you get through the Christmas season?" And he says, "Jack Daniels." <laughs> oh, when they, Not that I'm recommending you use that to get through the Christmas season, but it was funny. When they go shopping, when he takes cousin Eddie shopping with them. Oh, yeah. And he's loading up his dog cart with dog food. And, and uh, I was talking to my cousin. What's the dog's name? Snots? Yeah. I was talking to my cousin-in-law, who likes this movie, uh, a few weeks ago. And he said, I, I watch that all the time. And this last time we watched it, it's the first time I realized he's, Cousin Eddie set a couple of bags of dog food on there. And then Clark set a, a box of light bulbs on. <laughs> Cousin Eddie slammed some more dog food on top of that. <laughs> That's great. And, and then decided to tell Clark that he had no money and no job. Like he couldn't tell. <laughs> he couldn't afford to get the kids Christmas presents. And Yeah. The classic freeloading yeah. family member. Yeah, yeah. Does every every family have one of those? Uh, a free we have. Yeah, I don't. Not that I can think of. We have a family member who stole a lot. Does that from count the, as free from the family? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty. That was a fun season of life um, for a different podcast episode. Yeah. Okay. The movie does end though on a. I mean, it's it's very very strange how it gets there. But on the recognition that. Relationships are more important than than money or a perfect home or perfect lights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that they're just loving one another's better than all of the the frills of a Christmas decoration, you know, Christmas home. They had to kidnap a guy to understand right. it, but yeah, the, the was, boss. He was shooting for the ideal the whole time. Yeah, but the ideal came when the actual ideal came. When the ideal they were shooting for, they missed. They collapsed, yeah. So all those idols, right? you mentioned that last episode. Yeah, right. Yeah, with Ralphie's idols. Now Clark's idols have all fallen down. Yeah, all the idols fell down, and then they realized, oh, wait, we, we have the ideal right here. Yeah. If, we, if love covers over a multitude of sins, you know, we, can, we can cover over these. No, but a 12-month <clears throat> subscription to... Monthly jam jar would be pretty good. I'm jelly just, of the month club. I love jelly. <laughs> like yeah. butter toast with some jelly on it. It's like one of my favorite things. <laughs> it was not well executed because something's telling me that 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 boss is not going to be that quick to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's also a movie. It's a it, if anybody kidnapped you in the middle of the night at gunpoint, you yeah. probably wouldn't have a change of heart that quickly. Yeah. Right. So Clark's. Clark's building up his family for this ideal Christmas, and he's planning on this Christmas bonus to pay for this big underground pool or in-ground pool. Yeah. That to bless the family. He made a down payment. He on. made a huge down payment on, and the bonus was going to pay for the down payment. Right. So he's planning on this bonus, and 
the boss is a Scroogey character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And his bonus turned out to be a mm. year's subscription <laughs> to the Jelly of the Month Club. Awesome. Yes. I'd take it. <laughs> and My kids would love it. At that <laughs> point, he lost it. He held it together up to that point, and then he lost it. Yeah, Maimon fell. And then Cousin Eddie, the naive, good-hearted Cousin Eddie, goes to, takes his RV. That there's an RV! Because, because why, why? Because Clark says, what I really want for Christmas. <laughs> he got it for him. Because <laughs> that is as literal as they got. <laughs> so he went and kidnapped his boss and brought him back to the house. And then they had a, a SWAT raid on the house when, when the boss's wife reported him kidnapped. <clears throat> on Christmas Eve. Yeah. That's right, it was on Christmas Eve. Yeah, and... Uh, Clark's one of Clark's last lines is something like, "Well, I guess Christmas means something different to everybody," and that I wrote in my notebook, and that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But yeah, he did a lot of Christmas movies then, didn't he? Who? John Hughes. Wasn't Uncle Buck kind of around a Christmas? I have to look. Christmas I know. Well, Home Alone too. and Home Alone Two were. And yeah, hmm. planes, planes, trains, and automobiles wasn't Christmas, was it? I thought they were trying to get home. But was it for Christmas or, or Thanksgiving? It was for some holiday. Uncle Buck was great, from my memory. Yeah, it's probably one of those trashy movies. Well, I think yeah, it now, pretty well now we're watching. Go, oh, yeah. Yeah, because <clears throat> they had their. I think it's their same do, the same girl, was the daughter in this movie and the niece in Uncle Bob. Oh really? Maybe not. <clears throat> I don't know. I probably shouldn't spend time looking into it right now. While we're live on air, <clears throat> isn't that my job? That's your job, but yeah. you didn't get your phone out. So <laughs> okay, we'll look it up while we keep talking okay. about it. <clears throat> I also wrote down uh, quit lying to your kids. Which seems to be a, a common theme in the Christmas movies we've picked. <laughs> <laughs> Papa, Papa Elf lies to Elf. Yeah. To Buddy. Uh, well, in the Christmas story, they lie to their kids to get them to go to bed earlier. The sooner you go to bed, the sooner Christmas, uh, Santa can drop off the presents. And the kids run upstairs to bed. You know, like, ah. And then uh, in this one, they're, they do the same thing with Santa and lying, lying to one another. And just Where? So much lying. I don't know why I wrote it down. Quit lying to your kids. <laughs> They're lying about the kids about something. Uh, what did they... I don't remember what they lied to their kids about. Another one of my favorite scenes was uh, when they were drinking eggnog and Cousin Eddie walks in and he has that fake turtleneck <laughs> under, his, <laughs> under his white shirt. Hey, wait, what's he say? Something about leaving next month? <laughs> I can't. Yeah. We'll probably just hang around for a month. We'll leave next month or something. Yeah, that's great. You want more eggnog? You want me to drive you off far into the country and <laughs> leave you for dead? Leave you for dead? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Clark's, he takes his anger out and chopping down a tree. He goes outside and just chops one down. Right, the new tree. I've been there. Sometimes you just... I, I remember actually texting somebody, can I come over? I just need to chop down a tree. Because <laughs> there's some, I don't know, what do you guys do? Sometimes there's, every, so much is out of your hands. 
that's happening and you can't you can't control it you can't stop it you can't make it right you just need to go do something and Clark he did what I wanted what I did I just need to go chop down a tree I can do that I can go chop down a tree mine didn't fall into anybody's house but <laughs> uh, yeah Cat, the cat, the cat in the box. <laughs> the cat in the box. The cat in the box is great. Too. <laughs> I liked it when each grandparent came in the house and they each have a different bodily ailment, <laughs> dementia or a wig or flatulence or you know. A bunion. A bunion. And you rub my like, bunions. Yeah, I'll give you a whole quarter. <laughs> I give you a whole quarter if you rub my bunions. Uh, it's funny because there's probably just just straight up truth in some of those Everybody can laugh at those awkward moments where the the older starting to lose their memory a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so I, I remember those. I think I already am losing. Yeah, my memory. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, the, the movie centered around the the ideal everyone's looking for around Christmas. The whole point of the secular Christmas is. Peace on Earth. Yeah. Well, it says that in the beginning of the movie, when um, Clark says, Christmas is all about resolving problems and settling petty differences. And the whole movie is about problems and petty differences. (laughs) And none of them get resolved. Right. But you're right, Greg. That's, I mean, that's why Jesus came to the world, was Mm. to solve problems. He wasn't. And resolve petty differences. He wasn't mentioned by name, from what I remember. In Not in any of these movies, except in the curse word. I mean, Clark, did he sing? He sang when he was going to plug the lights and he sang of joy to the world, didn't he? Or did he do the hallelujah choria? I don't remember. <clears throat> Caleb can look I it up. I think it was joy to the world. Joy to the world. He needed a drum roll. Yeah. Drum roll, please. Hmm. Yeah, you keep him out of the equation, and it's yeah. You can see how the holidays. You mean him with a capital H? Him with a capital H, yeah. Christ out of the equation. How holidays can be a very just depressing time of year because you know things just don't always go as planned, or yeah, yeah it's just kind of depressing. Yeah. Well, without Jesus, you'll yeah. celebrate Christmas in misery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. What, I mean, you know, why, why are you even celebrating? It's a yeah, but, Christian holiday. That's what you were asking earlier, right, Greg? Why do, why is yeah. the pagan world even celebrating Christmas? Yeah, we can understand America celebrating the Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a Christian to do that, right? But Christmas or Thanksgiving, even <laughs> is it the same reason they try and well, they, they're doing it with Easter. They're doing it with a lot of you know church calendar. They even try to steal Halloween from us, right? I think it's. <laughs> <laughs> on a grand scale um, how do you restore culture how do you how do you fix the mess that we're in and at my church anyways I Cri- hear Christian nationalism <laughs> I hear, Christmas fascism we're back to that <laughs> practice it in your own home and then yeah. when the world sees oh what what do they have why are they so happy what do they have that we're missing and I think on a grand scale, this is what we see in reverse 
you know, we're on Christian fumes at this point, but the world is like, man, I know there's something to this Christmas thing. Right. I know I'm miserable. And there was restoration. There used to be around this holiday anyways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're still trying to, they're looking for it. And the church is looking to some extent, probably to the world for how to actually, I mean, think about the importance of the church calendar. I'm thinking, we're thinking about this as a family right now. Which is Advent is a way to kind of think counterculturally amidst all the chaos that goes on around the holidays. You know, that there's peace, joy, hope, things, Christian virtues that, you know, exist to counter the chaos that consumerism can create or secularism or whatever you want, right, however yeah. you want to label it. Yeah, it's, it's Christmas and we're all misery. Not my home. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. The past few days, the past, what is it? Three days of Advent, yeah, just been awesome. Turn the lights down low, read a story, light a candle, yeah. So do something small, something you know, like it's just, yeah. The kids are really looking forward to it, right? Yeah, and we're we're planning. We, my wife and I, have actually put. She did it in a in a spreadsheet. (laughs) All the days of Advent and Christmas, and each day has something listed that we're going to do. Not all of them are filled in yet. We're still thinking of more ideas, but. So for for Advent and for the twelve days of Christmas, where something something's happening in the Barnes household, yeah, and it's it's simple stuff like decorating the Christmas tree was one of them. Uh, the kids are going to have a slumber party with Dad. That's that's another one of them. I mean, just real simple, yeah, t- things like that that yeah. we're going to do. Vanilla steamers tonight. That was our like, yeah, yeah, just little just sledding and hot chocolate, just yeah. simple things. And uh, last night a Christmas story was. Our special thing, which was a Same good Christmas, which was a good learning opportunity. Right. We didn't watch this one together, National Lampoons, but yeah. So, so that's one way to do it. Create. Uh, Gary North always said, "You can't beat something with nothing." Mm-hmm. So, if we want to resist the culture, we have to have a. And I don't mean this, you know, in, to be provocative, but you have to have a counterculture. So if you want to resist a secular calendar, well, to have a Christian one. (laughs) You know, just something as simple as that. We're celebrating Advent this year, family. And and we're celebrating the coming of Jesus Christ. Yeah. We're anticipating his birth. So that even that in itself is countercultural. So looking back looking back at, at his first coming and looking ahead to his coming again where peace on earth goodwill Mm. among men will be fulfilled Mm. and even Christian homes won't have strife and misery and you know because try as we might to do all this celebrating and do the proper Christian thing you're still going to have oh yeah Cat food in the jello and mm-hmm. turkeys that dry out. That deflate. Yeah. And people at odds with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, Advent and Christmas music in the church, not not in the radio and on the mall, or in the mall, but Advent and Christmas music in the church is some of the best music, mm-hmm. aside from the Psalms, is some of the best music in the church. You know, good Christian men rejoice, joy to the world, all those. They're just... They're just fantastic 
they have the strongest, most robust theology. Like, if you believe Christmas and Advent songs, you're post-millennial. There's just, there's just no doubt about it. Because all of it's about the victory of Christ and his coming as king. And the way that that affects and changes the world. And if, if you sing Christmas songs and you don't believe them, you're like, they're just the best. Yeah. We need more. I, we're, we've been trying to, granted, we only have one of the blue contus. They're not blue. They're, they're gray. gray or whatever. Grayish, teal, turquoise. <laughs> You're colorblind. <laughs> but we have a bunch of the red ones. Yeah. And there's only like 10 Advent songs and the red ones. Are, there's not a lot of Advent. Yeah. Like there's a lot more Christmas. Songs yeah. in the church. And yeah, because we had a little con- uh, lack of peace on earth tonight. Because I told them, no, we're only singing Advent songs here in Advent. Uh, oh, no, well, then when are we going to sing the Christmas songs? For the 12 days of Christmas. <laughs> well, it's a lot of singing because there's a lot more Christmas songs. Yeah, that's why at church we sprinkle in Advent and Christmas together. We primarily sing Advent songs in the first two-thirds of the service during Advent, and then like communion are more of the Christmas songs. Okay. Which is a little bit more appropriate with the bread and the wine. Yeah. There just aren't enough Advent songs to fill out the four weeks. I'm going to loosen up. Well, hey, it's your home. You should just write some more. Right. I write music. You can't can't beat something with nothing. Right, that's right. Tell them, Greg. Uh, Yeah. Is the Little Drummer Boy, is that an Advent Advent song? Is that in the Contus? Mm, Little Drummer Boy? No. And that's what I recall. (laughs) For King and Country. For King and Country. For King and Country? Live. For King and Country. Yeah, you've sent that before. Okay. Turn your sound way up. Is it better than Trans-Siberian Orchestra? Yes. I like that. Yeah. I think so. Go look it up. It's too synthy, the Trans-Siberian. Oh. Oh. Did you listen to Jamie Soul's Advent Christmas album? Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. I haven't listened to all of it, but I listened to like three or four songs. Yeah, well, then you can't say it was pretty good. You've only well, I mean, the three or four songs I listened to were good. I'd it's like I only read three chapters of the book. It was great. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And then started a review on it. Invited the author in. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta write the review. I haven't finished it yet, but... Write the, write the <laughs> well, review. Well, packs a punch. Uh, hey, it. no, we're not, we're not getting involved in that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's why we keep putting fun at Christian nationalism, but aren't talking about it, because we haven't read the book yet. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think we're gonna. <laughs> mm-hmm. Greg might. Maybe. When it comes out on audio. Yeah. Yeah. I'll listen to it. Yeah. I suppose I might too. You guys got anything else to say about National Lampoons? Um, hmm. Hmm. Well, yeah, it's inappropriate scenes. A few inappropriate scenes. What, do you want to do recommendations and cautions? Uh,. I didn't pick the movie, so I can't start. Go ahead, Greg. Yeah, just... I can't. I can't. I thought we start. we picked collective. Should we all just say our review at the, our rating at the same time? Ready? I'm going to count down. <laughs> no. And well, oh, no. I thought it'd be fun. I'm trying to think. Oh. Of my rating. Oh, I can't. So I'm trying I can to stall. Go. Okay. How many braziers, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> Deflated turkeys. <laughs> No, it's not that either. Jelly jars. And I need to do better prep so I have my... <laughs> okay, well, I'll go. Okay. But I didn't think about it yet. Hmm, what do I like more, this one or Christmas Story? 
Well, I think I like Christmas Story a little more because that one in my mind is more family centric. Yeah, I don't um, think I'll ever watch this one with my kids. My kids just won't get it. Yeah. Right. So, and Greg said a couple scenes that are a bit too sensual, and they don't really. I mean, they're humorous, but they don't really add to the story. Right, they're just in there for badiness. They, they, they could have. Mm-hmm. It could have been a different kind of scene mm-hmm. to get across yep. the kind of guy that uh, Clark Griswold is. Yeah. So it's, hmm. I think. What did I give the last one? Let me flip. Five, five or six. You said five or six. I'll give this one five or six. <laughs> yeah. Right, right in there. Five, five or six. I'm gonna write it down because I've been writing these down. Because oh. we always ask. Yeah. What do we give? I'm going to give it a 5 or 6 out of 10. And um, this one has, I think, less language, actually, than Christmas Story. Yeah. But right. more adult. By adult, I mean more crude. Yeah. Humor. Well, I mean, you have, you have yeah. to have a level of maturity and experience to understand some of the jokes. Yeah. Because some of the jokes are just more uh, mature in a worldly sense. Yeah. <clears throat> so... That's what I meant by that. Um, so yeah, I'd give it a five or five or six out of ten. Not necessarily a family movie. I think my kids would laugh a lot, like when they go sledding, and they cover the bottom of a metal saucer with nonstick yeah. cooking spray, and it catches on fire, and he's zipping down like a jet. My kids would just laugh, or him fall, him stuck in the attic. Yeah. And there, there's a lot of things that they would laugh at, but there are just other movies that, like Elf, <laughs> right? <laughs> that would make my kids laugh. So, we'll probably skip this one as a family for a while. Yeah. But Caleb, I will give it a D. A D. Solid D. Solid one. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna write solid D. Solid. Solid one. Compared to your C plus. Yeah. I like I like Christmas story better than this one. I I don't think I'd ever, like I said I don't think I'd ever watch the whole thing. I think I'd I'd watch it on TV, you know, bits and pieces. Yeah, TV might be a different uh different form of comedy because mm-hmm. they'd cut out a lot. Right. Well, at least when we were kids. I don't know about today, actually. Yeah, it's true. We don't none of us have TV, I don't think. But there's there's definitely funny funny scenes in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Slapstick stuff, things that just you can relate to as a dad again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the Christmas lights just and the Christmas yeah. tree, Christmas tree, Host, hosting family, out. Christmas trees, yeah. dogs chasing cats, cats getting torched. That was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody loves a good out, cat torching. <laughs> figuring out the where it's getting shorted at. Yeah, know? and now that we have cats, I can totally see it because. Yeah, anything with like that looks like a string, they're just my yeah. my dog chewed his heated dog bed. He pulled the wires out of it. I while we were gone, I hope he got electrocuted. I hope he got zapped at least a little bit. Like, That's right. Yeah, that was a seventy five dollar heated oh. dog bed. That he just chewed up. Now he's gonna be cold all winter. That's right. Yep. But yeah. yeah. I, so as a dad, you you get it. Like, yeah. That's funny. There's stuff in there that are. Yeah. You know, there's. The corporate stuff that's oh right corporate office somewhat you know like with all mm-hmm. the guys that are following the boss Merry Christmas yes 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 the brown nosers <laughs> the last guy yeah. what Clark says to him yeah that's great <laughs> so, yeah last yeah. few guys <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> yeah. So Clark does have a backbone. <laughs> yeah. What Kiss my butt. Kiss his butt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you mentioned my rating. Two out of five saucer sleds is what I was going to say. That was pretty funny. Just the very start of it, what it's just like. <laughs> sits down and it just shows this like <laughs> rocket. We, we did do that as kids. We would take out Pam cooking. You guys remember Pam? Pam cooking yeah. spray? Yeah. We would spray the bottom of our sleds with Pam cooking spray. That would work? Yeah. Because, oh. you, you know, when... In, when it's warmer during the day and then it gets cold at night and the snow turns to slick ice and you put Pam cooking spray on a sled, Michigan sand dunes, just hmm. It was great. It's huh. awesome. Yeah, I remember doing yeah. that. Get a test here in a week or two. We could do it in our front yard right now. Oh, yeah. Should we well, pause the podcast? I've heard... I, well, it sounds like there's a luge, luge being created at a, a family's sledding party. Oh. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. In the Manual church setting party in the Elkhorn Mountains. That's right. You can't be something with nothing, so we got something. That's right. <laughs> so two out of five saucer sleds. Anything else you'd like to say about the rating and recommendations, Greg? Uh, no. It's, it's kind of... I haven't seen it in a ton of times. I've seen it, and it's always kind of in my mind been a Christmas classic, but... Yeah. Yeah, the... the the crude humor parts kind of ruin it. Right. Um, even though he's made to look like a fool, but like you said, they didn't need those parts in there. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of classic Christmas movies made that don't need that. Uh, uh, so. Classic comedies. Yeah. 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 That don't have it. So. But Cousin Eddie is awesome. <laughs> yeah, right. He's, he's quite the character. That's for sure. <laughs> Could you imagine being that aloof in your life? Just, could you put on the Cousin Eddie hat and just imagine being that guy? <laughs> no. Like, I don't, I don't no. understand, but those guys but the exist, free, the right? The freedom that Cousin Eddie I know, has. but the freedom, yeah. yeah. Freedom from responsibility. Yeah. He's like, he's like Buddy so, Elf. There's just that. Yeah, like, yeah he was. So. Didn't loose. care what anybody else yeah. thought. He was really secure in his... Ignorance. <laughs> Is that a good way to put it? <laughs> Alright, well there you have it. Stories for Glory audience. Thank you for listening to this episode. And next time, we will be re- discussing and reviewing... White Christmas. A white Christmas. So, look forward to that, and seeing you there. Yep. Proverbs 25.2 It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. Thank you for listening to the Stories for Glory podcast, where the glory of God is revealed in the stories of man. If you're interested in what we are doing, subscribe and share. If you'd like to contribute with your questions or recommendations, you can email us at storiesforglory at protonmail.com.